Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and welcome to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Today we have Will Kirkham on the line. I've known Will Kirkham for over a decade, and he has more stories than you can ever imagine. When you think about a uh, personal brand or going out there and building influence, a lot of the things that are kind of tailored onto that are the life stories that you kind of go through and maybe relating those stories to others. Sometimes you're able to do it at scale and people kind of get to know you extremely well. Other times you have to do it one-on-one. But what it's really about is just going out there and finding those compelling stories that really go out there and match with people or really touches them or gets people to kind of get to know them. And I know Will has kind of had a pretty um, insane life where he's done a lot of different things in the world. So I wanted, uh, Will, could you like kind of take a moment to introduce yourself, let people know who you are, and um, yeah. Thank you, Lenny. Well, it's such a wonderful <laughs> opportunity, Mr. Kim. I appreciate you having me on the show today, and I'm so grateful that you are working and finding a way to stay busy and entertain the rest of the citizens of the planet that are under such interesting, fabricated times that we're living in these days. Yeah, it's some crazy times, and it just seems like um, overall things kind of get a little bit more depressing week by week, but hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I think that due to technology and the hyper-awareness of social media and recording devices, a.k.a. Japan in the 1980s, all the Americans used to make fun of the Japanese because they always had cameras and video cameras and they were flashing cameras and they would put it in movies like Cannonball Run or, you know, they would make these little funny spoofs about Japanese people always taking pictures of everything. And now here Americans are 20 years later taking pictures or 30 years later taking pictures of everything just like the Japanese people were basically decades ahead of us. Um, what we do now is there has not been or there is not more hurricanes than there have been. There is not more strife and conflict than there has been. There's just more awareness of it than there ever has been. So it seems like the apocalypse is going on. It seems like the world's coming untethered because you know about it. The world's always been untethered. In the 1800s in the Americas, 50,000 people were murderers. They were shooting in saloons and having draws and duels out in the street and they were defending themselves with firearms in justice. There was a, a country of murderers where Native Americans were hunted to, like, they say, bullets by bashing the children's heads in with the back of rifles. And Native Americans, they went and killed the buffalo because they couldn't defeat people that didn't use a saddle and killed them with arrows. So they had to wipe out their food supply just so they could take the land that we're in now. So it, it just with what's going on today and what's like the world falling apart and this... The world has always been falling apart. And in one sense, that one empire is constantly collapsing or crumbling, whether it's the USSR, China, Japan, Germany, the United States, whatever it is, something is always on the rise and something is always falling apart. And the awareness that humans have now of 10 hurricanes and tropical storms are coming in this season and 
and that the weather and the heat index is at this and it was, and, and the rainfall and the sea levels are, it's just a little too much awareness for what we were educated to understand and be ready for. We were prepared for a certain amount of information, privy, the newspaper, the television set, in a small fashion. Now we're getting everyone's news globally, everybody's tragedies, everyone's miracles, everyone's catastrophes, all at once. It's such an oversaturation that one might think that the world is falling apart or coming unhinged, but I think it's far from that. I think we're on the verge of living forever. I think we're on the verge of curing just about every major disease and illness. And the ones that we have that are novel, like the cold or the flu or the coronavirus, which is probably a, a, a biological weapon that got out of control because there's a patent on it on a government website. That's another conversation. Point being is that I believe that the world is going in the right way. And I think that by collecting as many animals, as many plant life as we can before it's eradicated or wiped out or genetically modified out of existence and keeping it safe so we can use that to, we might find ways to breathe in the water. We might find ways to live hundreds of years. We might find that there's certain genetics that we could turn on with CRISPR and different forms of technology that can change our RNA sequencing like octopuses do on the fly. Octopuses already edit their DNA. And, you know, they have 50,000 genes. We only have 25,000. I think the human race is on the verge of realizing it has the potential to not only live forever, but to possibly enhance itself and genetically turn on and off different things that are available in the genome that will make it a superior life form. And all of this will become a, a thought of the past, a joke, the way of the dodo, horse and buggy. This whole sociological problem and conflict and strife that's going on between ethnic biases, there's no such thing as racism. It's all the human race. If I can use your kidney, it doesn't matter what you believe or what language you speak or what your skin looks like. I can use your kidney. You're my race. It's like parts. If you're from, you know, Chevy, I can use a Chevy alternator on another Chevy alternator, Chevy engine, because it's from the Chevy factory. We're all humans. The whole, like, oh, well, I'm this, or I'm that. No, you're not. You're C-A-T and G. You're four proteins mixed up differently with a demographic influence. Get with it. So uh, that's what I believe as far as the state of the planet and as far as I believe the state of life and humans and what's going on and sociological impact that we're having uh, in the economic joke, because money doesn't have a value, there's no gold standard behind the U.S. dollar. We just use nuclear weapons and point them at people and say, our money's worth this much, and we said so. So we, don't, like, we live in a whole credit-based society. We live in a fake society, which isn't really based on a gold standard or any real realm or nationalism or loyalty to any military, you know, purpose or land or, or anything. So I, I think right now it's, it's a very, it's an evolutionary time for the human race. I think we will evolve into a different form of the species that we have been and we'll get rid of certain negative traits that cause a lot of these problems and this strife in between, the quarreling in between our own species. Because it is our own species. And we have wiped out most of planet Earth. So we have to find a way to keep us from wiping our own selves out since we're so good at wiping everything else out. Yeah, that Thank makes a lot of sense. Oh, no problem. <laughs> like, it does make a lot of sense with there being a lot more visibility on things. Um, one of the things that I kind of see is people are used to kind of being busy every day where they're maybe spending 40 hours a week into the office, 
maybe spending like 20 hours a week going out and doing their everyday things. And then things kind of change where people have to be home for a long period of time. So then it just becomes what we do in that time frame. And they're probably just consuming more and more content at that exact same time. So then there's that huge overflow that you kind of mentioned. And when you kind of do mention that we are the human race, um, I see what um, some people do is they kind of group people together and like place judgments upon them when in reality what we should be doing is getting to know the people as individuals such as like how we're having yourself on the line here today where we could really kind of get to know you well you know like i said i am a the i in me is a reference point for all of us to know who we are and where we come from i believe i in the word is an address of consciousness an IP address, an identity, uh, I. Therefore, I'm a part of you. That's why you care about what I'm saying or it affects you. It makes you angry, makes you upset, makes you irritable, makes you bored. Because I am you and you are me. That's why I want to say anything and want to share and not just keep the thoughts to myself. Because we are one. And as we are one, the more that we understand each other, the more the little toe understands that it's connected to the thumb, even though the thumb is so important and does so much and has so many privileges compared to the little toe in our daily task and routine, they are still connected. They are still one. And just because you don't value or some sense of the collective doesn't value the little toe, because it doesn't realize that it's as important to the whole as the thumb. This is kind of what's happening as a, as a people, as, as an organism, as a, an organ collectively. As all of us are the, like cells living in an organ. We're all citizens living on the planet or in nations. And therefore, we have a lot of the systematic breakdown that cells have in organs when they get sick, bile, or they have, uh, you know, nature, I think, models itself. Uh, constantly, whether if you're taking mushrooms for the most explosive impact consciously or you see a mushroom cloud when you blow up a nuclear bomb. I believe nature models itself on many different levels. Um, so I think this is another form of how our life, it, it's, it's a very crucial point of our life right now, um, but um, I think knowing ourselves has a lot more to realizing that there is no such thing as ourself. And I think that when people become more sympathetic and empathetic, they'll realize that they are everyone and they can hear everyone's thoughts. They listen closely and they can talk to animals. They listen closely and they can even see the future or where other people are, what they're doing if they focus enough. So I believe those are all proven scientific facts, but I think that uh, sociologically speaking, as far as me, yeah, hi, my name, you know, is my address is blah, 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 blah. My name is William Kirkham. So I come from this sect of proteins of humans that have evolved for thousands of years from this part and location and then branched to these locations. I have these relatives that do these things and they're connected to these people on TV and these people that you've seen or heard on the radio. And that'll be cool and interesting to listen to. And we'll get to that. But before we got there, why was I connected to all those people? Or why am I? Why is there no I? Like the I and I, they say, you know, or Bob Marley, Yaman. But what I is there is just the collective 
consciousness and being a representative or an address or a location to represent what is going on, to filter what is happening in the most beneficial way for us as a whole. I think that's what it's each individual's identity is to remember that. Then you won't be so attached to Mexican or African or, you know, Chinese or male or female or, or, you know, dog, cat or pig or bat. You'll start to feel and understand that all cellular life has some purpose and connectivity to one another. And therefore, when you embrace that and become harmonious with it, you might redirect it and find out where things you thought were harmful before belong in certain places. We thought herpes was the worst thing in the world. And then herpes now, which is chickenpox, by the way, is a form of herpes. But now we find that herpes increases your white blood cells. So then people that had HIV were dying less if they already had herpes. So now we're finding that the herpes also attaches to your DNA permanently from just simple contact sexually or from orally from an interaction. Same way you can just give someone an injection with that same device and attach certain proteins or DNA editing material to the herpes and then use the herpes as a transmitter directly into your DNA to change your DNA forever. Therefore, my enemy's enemy is now my friend. And he wasn't your enemy in the first place. So it's just understanding where everything goes and understanding what belongs, including yourself as a citizen, as a human being, as an organism, understanding where you fit in and what you can do to make up for what your species has done, what your species is doing, and so you can enjoy your own life, the illusion of, therefore, what you have. Yeah, that's a lot of great information, and um, it's about time for us to hop off to a commercial break, and we could discuss this further right after that. Uh, Will, is there anywhere people <laughs> can find you online? Uh, yes, I, I have a, uh, a YouTube page which isn't just narcissistically based on a bunch of stuff with my face on it, but actually is an informative uh, venue of things, the media and forms uh, of uh, art and um, information that is incredibly important, in my opinion, of been my, to have an opinion for all of us to be aware of and influenced by it's under Will Kirkham at YouTube.com. And Will with one L. You don't have to put two L's because it speaks the same, so why waste the energy? Economy of motion. One L in the will, and Kirk Ham, like Captain Kirk, was a ham, laid by Will Shatner. Cool. And you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. 
Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. We have Will Kirkham on on the line with us today. And if you were tuning in earlier, you probably heard and mentioned how Will said that we're all connected. And I kind of had a realization or an epiphany about that. A few months ago, back in February, I kind of had a moment where uh, I felt that I was about to lose absolutely everything in my life, and uh, my heart started um, fluttering. I kind of had the heartbeats go up to like maybe like 150 beats per second. I kind of entered into like this different phase. And um, I guess it's it's what it's called when like the sixth chakra opens up or, or something like that. And at that moment, um, like I felt like this huge connectedness to the entire world. And as time progressed, a few months later, I or not a few months, but a few weeks later, I was talking to my therapist about it, and he's like, "You reached a different state." And, and um, I'm not going to say what he calls it because I don't know. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's not. But I don't want to go out there and kind of make it sound like I'm bragging or something. Go but, for it, um, Lenny. Go for it. Go for it. Get <laughs> you know, up. Don't tell anybody okay. else. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if you don't have the strength to tell people now on the radio, then how can they have the strength to tell anybody else in their own life? It's being a leader and representing by example. Right now, you're on stage. Okay, he's like, you reached the sense of enlightenment. I'm like, what? And then he's like, yeah, you've come to realize that we're all connected. We're all energy. We're like everything, every single thing out there is just connected. And you've kind of just realized that from like what I was like explaining to him. And it kind of ties back exactly to everything that you've been saying. We are all human beings. We are all connected. We do have an energy in the sense that kind of connects us all together, whether that be through our vibrations. Uh, some people vibrate at lower frequencies, others vibrate at higher ones. I've seen scientific videos where um, people are talking to water and then they're going and freezing it. And if they're saying good things, it looks like a crystal, like a snowflake. And if they're saying bad things, it looks like a volcano eruption. So the energy is there and it's all around you're, you're, us. 
Those are called somatics. Cymatics is what that is. That's a study of sound changing the shape of the molecules in water. And that is the essence of magic with a K. Magic is the ancient technological study from past civilizations of using sound and acoustics from the human voice specifically and other forms of rhythmic instruments or shamanic beats and drums inside an acoustic area or a built structure or a naturally created structure, which then sends the mind or the frequencies of the mind into an entranced state where it can travel and it can remote view and it can go within and heal and it communicate and put you in an internet-like state for the conscious mind. Every human being you meet is like a computer, but not every human being you meet is connected to the internet. Some computers have downloaded quite a bit of information, but other computers haven't, but they're connected to the Internet, therefore they are in tune with everything. There was a study once, Leonard, of monkeys on an island in the Pacific, and they wanted to find out if these monkeys were intercommunicating at some collective level without actually cell phoning or hand signaling or smoke signaling people, on the, uh, monkeys, each other, on these little islands. So as they did this... Uh, experimented and studied and, and observed these monkeys for a period of time, they gave them a bunch of rice to eat for nourishment and sustenance, but they covered the rice in sand. Therefore, the monkeys loved the rice, but they had to constantly pick all the grains of sand off each grain of rice, which was incredibly tedious and tiresome until one monkey walked into the ocean with a handful of sand and dipped the rice, excuse me, with a handful of rice, dipped the rice into the ocean, and all of the sand washed off the rice instantly and became salty. So therefore, the monkey then scooped in his clean, salty rice and ate it. Magically, nice. all of the monkeys on the island, on the other islands that were nowhere near that island, miles away, out of visualization, out of range of the audio communication, all the monkeys that were being observed simultaneously started taking the rice out into the ocean, dipping it in the ocean water, and rinsing the sand off of it at the same time. Which means that we and they are all connected. And they all know when one of them makes a breakthrough, or one of them makes a, one of us makes a discovery or a breakthrough, even spiritually, even psychologically. Even technologically, we all do. So when, when you kind of mention that we all do, like I see it on both ends, like kind of like in America, at least with everything kind of going on, it seems to like be trickling and trickling and trickling and like causing one thing to get worse and worse and worse. But like in well, prior times, America, like when good things happen, it went better and better and better. So it seems like it kind of has a rippling effect, and it's not just that one action where they kind of figure it out, but then it gets to the action, then it gets to the next one, then it gets to the next one, then it kind of hits like a tipping point of sorts, and then things change, I guess. Well, the, the monkeys all knew how to dip the water or the rice in the water and clean it just because one monkey figured it out. And not because he called everyone on the phone, not because he posted it on Twitter, not because he posted it on Facebook. But there is an internal Twitter. There is an internal Facebook. That's why we're drawn to those programs. That's why they're so 
viable technologically or stock market-wise, and this is a tip for anyone investing in stocks, anything that technologically recreates something that happens to us or that is a part of our nature innate will be successful. We communicate already subconsciously and on another collective conscious level. That's our own internet, our our conscious internet. That's how some people know things or see things or are aware of things without ever experiencing it or actually being taught it. So they call those people savants. They call those people past life regressions. They call it biological memories passed down from their descendants. They still, we don't have the science, which is the analysis of nature. That's what science is, is analyzing and observing nature in reality. So we haven't observed and analyzed nature enough to figure out scientifically, which is the way to explain it to autumn in our language. So that's what we're working on, but it does exist, and we're aware that it exists. So uh, that's what I'm saying is that we're all connected and it all affects. When one of us realizes that we're all one and that there's only one human race and that there's only ethnic bias, there's no racism unless you hate the dodo or if you hate the chimpanzee is a different race, okay? Same species, different race. We are the human race. We are not a bonobo or a chimp or a gorilla or any other thing in the, the species or the genus of monkeys that this particular homo sapien human race that we are. So finding a way to people to make themselves feel special is to make themselves different. Whether they make a mohawk out of their hair or they shave their head like a monk or they don't eat meat or they, you know, refuse, you know they, they live in water like the sons of light, whatever it is, people do things to feel different, to make themselves feel special. Don't take that as an excuse to go kill the other person that's different from you. Don't make that an excuse to go and take away or damage or look down upon the other person that has done the same. That's all they're doing is making themselves different. Oh, we are Japanese, and we are together, and we're loyal to each other, and we'll die for each other, we'll kamikaze into stuff. When genetically, they're really linked to Chinese and Mongolian quite closely, but would kill and die in a mental psychosis that doesn't even exist in reality. But just as a nation and nationalism and as a, your neighbor and peer pressure and we need to belong will make you feel like we're different. You know, that's why they made samurai. You know, and that uh, goes back to also everything having a feeling um, in Hawaii, where I went to high school, is Chinese, Korean, Hawaiian, Filipino, and Japanese. But Japanese influence is very large and is very overwhelming and benevolent there, and the Hawaiians have embraced it because they believe in Bushido and Shintoism. In Bushido, everything is connected. Everything has a spirit. The sword, your enemy, the ground literally stick, the staff, the rock, everything has an energy that you are connected to, like the force. Not so. in Shinto, yeah, that's what Bushido is all about. So when you talk about like the enlightenment from mushrooms or enlightenment from the Dalai Lama or the enlightenment of, of realizing that we're all connected and all one and that you're getting to a higher plane, that's what Bushido is. It was to do everything as if it was the only thing you had ever done like Charles Dickens would say. The man did everything as if it was the only thing that he had ever done. A master of all things. 
So I'm not like an expert at the topic, never had any formal training on it or anything. But like when you kind of mention uh, like beings being able to connect out there, like I look at it like we have the physical world that we're in on this earth here right now where Leonard could come up to Will physically and shake his hand. Then um, there's the... Um, uh, heavenly worlds or whatever where there's a theoretical heaven hell and whatever else there may be with um god or multiple gods or whatever they're called and then um there's a theoretical realm in between that where that's kind of where the spiritual stuff and then the real life stuff kind of intertwines and i'm assuming it's called like the occult or something is that where these ideas kind of travel through where um one uh chimpanzee who's like washing rice with uh the water is that how that idea that, transfers from one to the next or i would love thank you for asking such an incredible question leonard kim and thanks for letting me on your show today and i hope there is someone out there listening and if not it'll be recorded so it can be documented in the future for all of our reference and use now this collective consciousness that we're in is a scientific fact that has been proven through spooky action, has been proven through remote viewing. The first uh, nuclear-powered typhoon-class submarine made by the USSR in the 80s was remote viewed by the United States military intelligence officer that was a part of the Earth Battalion program. Now, the Earth Battalion is a United States Special Forces military program that Jim Channon used to run, who used to be a friend of mine, passed away in September of 2017. God rest all, all the spirits, and bless, he's still around in an ethereal realm of some sort to this day. According to the military and according to science, not only can you communicate with other individuals on the planet right now, and not through heaven, not through hell, and not through the tooth fairy, and not through Santa Claus, but actually through the same science that the Internet is based off of. It's the technology that we can, in, the aborigines communicate with each other thousands of miles away from one another, and they've proven it by writing down messages back and forth. Because Europeans are white men, for instance, the English in Australia, were incredibly fascinated because they don't have this ability. They don't have the innate nature not only to control and communicate with animals like Native Americans do, but that the aborigines that they had conquered when they got to Australia and made it into a prison colony, they realized that these aborigines and Native indigenous populace were able to communicate with each other and send messages long range and prepare one group or another group for an invasion or for a strike or anything that was happening militarily. So they started to study and wonder, why? How are these aborigines talking to each other? How are these Native Americans communicating with animals? And the United States military took it as a special project that your taxpaying dollars, Mr. Kim, and your parents' taxpaying dollars, and your friends' taxpaying dollars, went into with billions of dollars of spending for the Star Wars defense program and Project Jedi on the ground, which is the Earth Battalion project, which later became parts of Delta Force, the Green Berets, and the Navy SEALs, things to where they can keep their body temperature up in cold weather or hold their breath for long periods of time, are all part of the Earth Battalion project in the early 1980s, where the United States collected the occult and things that the Nazis worked on with the Vril and things that the USSR was working on at the time, who was going out in space and was technologically ahead of us, even though we took Nazis to catch up or to be in charge or lead the world in technological advances, they were ahead of us. So you have this whole thing to where it's not heaven and hell like civilian world people talk about. 
it's not religion like people go to on a church and make up and like the tooth fairy and like, oh, yeah, well, I don't believe in like Buddha and I don't believe in like Jesus and I don't believe in like Islam or Muna. It's not a thing of the, it's nothing to do about the, the, the petty squabbles of school children. It really gets down the U.S. military only does things and fund things that have results. They're a result driven church of superior firepower. If it does not go with the church of superior firepower or it does not have results, then they abandon it and no longer implement it in their tactics of what they're doing. So for the United States military to make it a part of their psyops, to use it during the Persian Gulf War, which I found out from military intelligence officers that have been students of mine who have informed me of it, from Jim Channon himself, who's lieutenant colonel in charge of the Special Forces Program for the United States military, about psychic connectivity, about um, remote viewing, and about spooky action and things of these nature, which quantum physics or quantum mechanics is starting to understand, and Leonard Susskind and Mikio Kachu try to keep people informed with the technologies that are becoming uh, apparent to the human mind or us sociologically for the first time. As a society, we're starting to understand that this research into a realm of connectivity that is on a, an entanglement on a, such a micro level that it's macro, and it connects all of us, and we don't even realize it. We don't see it. So when you say, oh, you know, the monkey with the rice and the water, that's part of the scientific experiment that the military was helped and behind, part of finding out how nature or us as organisms that we live in, the other features that we have to bounce back and, you know, against certain diseases or illnesses or certain constraints or stresses. We like to test the, the organism, see what it can take and handle, and see how it responds. So that is my answer to the, you know, the, the connectivity of the, the monkey with the rice and the experiment being like some spiritual mumbo-jumbo or enlightenment on the Dalai Lama and somebody that works at Walmart in Oklahoma won't be able to understand that. No. It doesn't, the United States military, the kid from Walmart in Oklahoma is in the military, and he could have been in the Earth Battalion program next to the kid from Sri Lanka, next to the kid from Darfur in Sudan, next to a kid from uh, over in Florida or in New York. It doesn't matter. It was all about if you qualified in the program and you were put in there to group it together, these Americans, they gathered anyone that is considered an American citizen in there that they could find that was sensitive with these traits or these abilities. This program went well, on for years. This program is documented on my YouTube channel, and this program is a reality. So no longer our conversation has just gone from, oh, that's a cool fairy tale and thing, and we all know it's kind of true, but we don't have proof. So it's as proven now as your cell phone that we're using to have these conversations. The same technology that makes these cell phones work, the same technology that said the Earth Battalion and remote viewing and spooky action and all the connectivity of collective consciousness works. Well, I can fact. definitely see that because, like, when I think about, like, the ancient Egyptians, like, you have a pharaoh sitting there and somehow supposedly a magical pyramid comes out that's, like, a scientific genius at the time. And it's like, how did that actually happen back then? Like, did they have other things that uh, people in today's society don't know about because science was kind of, like, seen as the leading force and all this other stuff was kind of put on? off as suede of science and things that weren't real and i know there's a lot of things to really discuss about that but it's about time for us to hop off to a commercial break and right after that commercial Beautiful. break we could discuss more of this uh you can find will on youtube at will kirkham that's w-i-l-k-i-r-k-h-a-m you can find me at mr leonard kim on twitter and we'll be back after this commercial break 
Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard Kim here with Will Kirkham. We've been discussing a lot of things and... uh, Will kind of mentioned the program in the military where people are communicating from like one country to the next and then they're not using a cell phone, they're not using any type of connection device at all, but then they're able to have people write down the exact conversations that people have. Now, one thing that kind of ma- it makes me question is let's say you're going to see a psychiatrist and they're doing a screening for you. Some of the questions that they ask to make sure that you don't have something like schizophrenia or something is do you hear voices in your head? Can you hear your Sonos speaker go and speak to you? Like, do you hear things like this? Like, and then like usually in most cases, they'll be like, if you say yes, they'll be like, oh, you have schizophrenia. And then they'll give you a set diagnosis. And that's just what it is but is that like i mean i i guess at times sometimes it could be schizophrenia but at other times like if this thing that you're talking about like really works and really is documented and there's a lot of research and science behind it would it at times not be or like what what's that kind of like i'm glad you brought that up leonard kim because as you know you're a friend of mine 
for many years, and being of Korean influence here in the experimental nation of America, this is a very important topic about Eastern mysticism or enlightenment, as you discussed earlier, and therapists. Now, the Dalai Lama doesn't have a therapist, and there's a reason. It's a really good reason, actually, and we'll get to that. Also, China is a superpower with quite a considerable military. They have a million infantry soldiers, the largest in the world. China is only after one man on planet Earth. One. And he's not a therapist. And he's not a psychologist. He's the Dalai Lama. And the Dalai Lama, who is protected by some of the most influential and amazing men, some of my martial art masters and senseis, and uh, Mr. Seagal and Mr. Erickson, or Mr. Tay and uh, the Sifus and senseis all over the world go around and just to love enlightened creatures that can move water with their hands without touching it, who can heal people, and who also have other extraordinary abilities or have been members of the Earth Battalion, follow and bodyguard the Dalai Lama for free from, say, someone from China having a problem. Now, China usually doesn't come after anybody. As you know, they didn't go after the Japanese after the Japanese invaded and killed 10 million people in Manchuria. And, uh, you know, China didn't, I mean, other than Taiwan and Tibet, which they're reclaiming, they're not really after anyone except this one enlightened being who proves that reincarnation exists and has a cult following behind it that is a threat to communist China as a whole. One man. Not Gandhi, not Yoda, one man. Now, that man has no money. That man has no property. That man psychologically could be considered many things from white or European Caucasian therapists that have a minuscule point of view on reality and China finds them no near as a threat or insignificant as any kind of threatening force to their existence. Therefore, I find their knowledge and their psychology as no threat to my existence or to the Earth Battalion. That project had no therapist or psychologist going over the, the, the rituals that were being practiced from the Sioux or the Tibetans or the Himalayans or the Shaolin monks that they were being exercised in the Earth Battalion to see if the military practices could find out if those experiments were working. They brought no therapist in to go over any of the successful results and try to tear it apart or dissect it or dilute it and to take away the integrity or the power or the magnificence of the existence of such a thing. So when you have Carl Jung and William James and Sigmund Freud, who it's a cocaine addict that is, you know, addicted to analyzing and psychoanalyzing the Schopenhauer and the Frederick Nietzsche's of the world that he looks up to and aspires to be that died of syphilis because of a female lover that he shared with multiple men and went crazy about. These are individuals that I don't hold in any high regard. Anyone that comes from the school of psychology or thought other than William James is a clown, in my opinion, and has no form or sense of enlightenment because it doesn't include the will or the soul into the being. All form of religion or spirituality is the spirit or the soul controlling the beast or the animal that we all live in. That is the essence of all spirituality. That is the essence of all religion, is we live in an animal or a beast, and it can be controlled by a spirit or an energy or a soul. 
So that is really when it comes down to psychology and therapists and schizophrenia and the psycho. We have a lot of psychological dysfunction, according to psychology in the United States, and they're all over the streets. That's what we do with it. We're so healthy psychologically through therapy and through this practice and through this exercise of science that we have homeless and mentally ill covering the streets in literally groves, a, a gaggle, tens of thousands of homeless, mentally ill people on the streets because of this incredibly gifted, swift technique. Please. Psychology has created much of the society as we know it today and much of the racial or ethnic bias, systemic problems that we all live from. So let it go. Let therapy go. Let psychology go and go for enlightenment. Go with meditation instead of someone you don't know listening to you that's educated in a false format observing your reality. You don't need to go to Westworld and ask Bernard what the nature of your reality is every day. You need to go inside Dolores and find yourself. And then you will know the nature of your reality. So what's saying that, like, if you go inside and you find the nature of your reality, and let's say this is something that was able to do back in the Egyptian times, when um, I guess the world, like, wasn't real, like, I'm assuming, like, in, like, 2000, or in, like, 0 BC, like, when Jesus was here, like, it was a quote-unquote, like, pagan world where people, like, believed in, like, witchcraft and, like, uh, spiritual stuff and not, like, the science that we're in, the scientific world that we're in today, that a lot of people were probably communicating like this, like what you mentioned throughout a long period of time, maybe thousands of years. But, like, when I kind of look back to, like, maybe, like, a hundred or so years ago, like there was an invention of like a telephone and it was supposed to be monumental because now you could go and talk to someone who was far away. But if people could always do this, was it just a certain type of people who could do this? Was the telephone a way just to make money? Like what, why would you even need a telephone? And why would society like move so much stuff into um, saying, oh no, that's, that's not scientific that's not real. And then, like, I believe you off can, as, like, you can, science and things like uh, that. Uh, incredibly, very, incredibly great valid. And let me throw this into your formula real quick so I can get off um, from the point that you're making. The, uh, yeah, we have five I, minutes I, more in the show, so it's a big question, yeah. but we got five minutes. <laughs> okay. I, 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 yes, but with that being said, um, a lot of people are taught math with the idea that it works. And it's incredibly useful. I went to the Math Olympics in sixth grade. And math is a universal form of understanding and computing information and knowledge and creating it in your own mind to where you can create incredible structures or ideas mathematically or systems, formulas, and they can work and they can live and they succeed. And you can teach them to others and then they, and the results are proven. Now, everybody that learns math is not that good at it, as you know. Some people go into SOA, KOTOA, and trigonometry, and calculus, and algebraic equations and formulas. Some people just addition, subtraction, multiplication, maybe some borrow, division. If I just complicated, you know, fractions, something like a reciprocity, but, you know, rules and laws, that's as deep as they want to go. And that's just the way life is. Very similar to people being able to communicate. Not every aborigine was as gifted at math. Not every aborigine was as gifted as communicating on an inner connective level through what we call whether remote viewing or 
tele, uh, telepathy from long-distance telepathy. That's when, and what uh, quantum mechanics describes that as, which is a leading science that we understand now, is spooky action. And that's where twins, they've noted where twins can feel when the other one's in pain across the planet or when something's happening to the other one or when a mother or daughter or some other strong connectivity and form consciously is aware of what's happening to the other or can communicate. It's been documented scientifically and proven hundreds of cases by hundreds of different forms of governments and nations and observations. So this is a reality like Rupert Sheldrake's book, The Sixth Sense, that he did 250,000 experiments on scientifically to understand that there is an innate sixth sense, you know, when someone's watching, you know, when someone's thinking of you, and when two people are focused on, they can have an inner dialogue of communication with one another, and some people in a dream state. So there's all kinds of forms of this that we have to become aware of that do exist, but it's our opportunity or our job to go learn math and practice at home. How many people you know go practice their trigonometry at home in a notebook just for the fun of it to keep you sharp in the brain, or go over their fractions, or, or go over their, their different forms of algebra and pull out the, you know, the compass and the protractor? Very few people keep sharp on something like math, which is incredibly important and is the building blocks of all of our military and weapons and quantum mechanics and physics and, you know, and atomic theory and all kinds of math. Richard Feynman, the atomic bomb, the atomic energy, this conversation, math is making this happen. So math is an incredibly important, magical, valuable tool that people really ignore. Instead of buying a cryptocurrency of 0.006, you know, in buying 10,000 shares for 80 bucks, and then a year later it's worth $3, and you just made, you know, <laughs> how much money did you make? $35,000 off $80. Yeah, yeah but it, the point is, is that math, people don't use it, or they'd be rich. People don't use it, or they could have more simple lives, lives, and they could have an economic, you know, structure that was more viable because of the math, and they did everything and had all the numbers right. It, music, even. Math. So language are 26, you know, letters of the alpha and omega of 24 different sounds inside the, you know, English language. Just the math behind it is so magical, and look how we don't use it and how it's ignored. It's the same thing with aborigine interconnectivity in the telephone system that was Alexander Graham Bell will easily give you a calculator, which is the phone. The phone is the calculator, Lenny. But you can do math in your head. It's just a lot more difficult and it takes more patience and understanding. Yeah, that's, that's completely understandable. Yes. Yeah, well, I think this is a lot of valuable information, and I believe a lot of people would want to kind of find more about these topics and everything. You said you're at YouTube at Will Kirkham, right? W-I-L-K-I-R. Yeah, yeah, Captain, C-A-P-T-N, no A-I, but the C-A-P-T-N Kirk. Ham on uh, Instagram. It's Captain Kirkham, and then it's Will Kirkham, and uh, on YouTube. And you know, if you have any questions or if there's anything related to that, you can send me something on Twitter, Instagram me, or you know, Facebook me, or send me something on YouTube. And I would love to hear or answer or lead you in the direction that you're, you know, looking or that you're headed, because you are me, and I am you. And we are all together. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. 
Yeah, perfect. Well, I wanted to thank you so much, Will, for coming on the line with us today and sharing uh, all your insights with our guests. Uh, if anyone else <laughs> wants to find me online, you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree, and we'll be seeing you next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.